Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. WABC New York and 107.1 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports, Lou Dobbs, Business. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Five o'clock. Good morning. It is Monday, April 22nd. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. We'll see a mix of sun and clouds today. High 61. Tonight, overnight, partly cloudy, low 45. Tuesday, sunshine, high 62. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 41 and partly cloudy in Muncie, 44 in Woodbridge, New Jersey, and it's 45 and clear here in Midtown. Big crisis here at 77 WABC. Walked in this morning. This has happened before where there are no jugs of water for the water cooler and everybody's sort of walking around trying to figure out how they're going to quench their thirst uh you know people on the air people behind the scenes uh i have to say that i've watched people in my seven or eight months here fill just these huge jugs of water i'm not going to point out who they are but there are people who come in you know those people who have like the 62 ounces you know i mean they're taking like half the jug twice a day because they're those people who feel like if you oversaturate your body with water that'll help with your weight i guess that fills you up and then you eat less so there are people who i will sit there and they will take this jug i mean it's huge uh, you remember the the supersized get big gulp they used to have at 7-Eleven? That's essentially what they're putting underneath the water cooler, and they're flipping up that switch that pours the cold water into that jug, and it's like five minutes of water coming out of the jug. And then everybody's shocked when they come in Monday morning, and there's no jugs of water left because there's people who fill up those gigantic jugs. I have, you know, like, I have to say I go through three or four guessing this is like an eight-ouncer that's next to me, maybe at most. I go through three or four of those a day. That's not a lot. Um, but it's those people with the supersized jugs that we have to go after. But, oh, okay, so there was this crisis that there's no water. So I sort of fall into this for a moment. I'm like, how many going to get drink water during the show? I like to have a sip of water once in a while. And then I remembered there was this thing called the faucet. And so I walked over to the faucet and... uh New York City has the best drinking water in the world. That's why our bagels are the most delicious. It comes from this reservoir upstate. That's why our pizza is the best. Nobody can match it. You go places and you always say you have a bagel somewhere outside of New York City and you're like, oh, this is awful. What has to do with the fact that the water is not as good? And so I sat there and I said, oh, my God, look at this. And I turned on the faucet and I turned it into my cup and I put a little ice in just for uh, make it a little nice and cold. And I drank and I was like, this is delicious. And I looked around at everybody who had no water in their cups and I laughed. 
<laughs> All right, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. A woman is kidnapped right off the street in Brooklyn. Some library lovers taken to the streets in the city. The race for the White House heats up a bit. It was a tornado that touched down in Sullivan County. And how about downing a brew as you do your laundry? All right, let's get into it at 504. This is the story of the weekend. A woman kidnapped off the streets in Brooklyn, taken away in a minivan. There is video of it. Let's get the latest now live from 77 WABC's Alex Barnard. Good morning, Alex. What took place here? Good morning, Noam. Well, this incident happened around 145 Friday morning in the Gravesend neighborhood. Police say surveillance video shows a man appearing to approach the woman at the intersection of Avenue W and Stillwell before she before he grabs her and carries her away. He then speeds away in a late model Toyota minivan. Latavia Hinton, a witness who spoke to ABC 7, says she saw the minivan following the woman for a few blocks before the incident occurred. I felt like something was wrong. Like She was like looking back and forth, looking behind her. She adds that based on what she could tell, this seemed like a random attack. He literally runs out of his car, picks her up by her feet, and throws her inside the car. And my girlfriend and me is running towards the car and telling him to stop. We're going to call the police. We was running towards the car like we was about to put ourselves into danger to save this girl. It was random because we seen her before we even seen the car. Meanwhile, Gravesend residents who spoke to ABC7 are understandably shaken up. And I hope y'all find a girl. Around here is getting crazy. That's why I'm trying to get out of here. It's not safe. It's bad. It's dead, you know. So, you know, I feel sorry for her, but I hope she's alive. The victim is described as being in her 20s, approximately 5 feet 5 inches tall and weighing about 120 pounds with a light complexion and long hair. She was wearing a striped shirt, a blue skirt, and white sneakers. The suspect is believed to be a man in his 30s, approximately 5 feet 10 inches tall and weighing 175 pounds. Anyone with information in regard to this incident is asked to call the NYPD's Crime Stoppers hotline at 800 577 tips that's 800-577-8477 all right so alex they think this is random what what so far is the nypd saying do they know if this woman knows the person that pulled her off the streets and into that van there's not a lot of details being released by the nypd at this moment all we know is that at as of right now she is still missing that's pretty much the bulk of it Bizarre story. Uh, let's hope she's okay. WABC News Time 508. Senator Mark Warner confirming that all U.S. Embassy staffers have been safely evacuated from Sudan. We ought to commend the military and the intelligence community for getting our diplomatic personnel out. That was a dangerous mission to take them out by helicopter. So the Virginia Democrat who serves on the Senate Intelligence Committee says the U.S. government has been very clear since 2021 for Americans not to travel to Sudan. But WABC's Alex Barnard, you have a family member who is in Sudan right now trying to get out, right? Yeah, that's right. So my cousin, I believe he moved there maybe about a year or so ago in in the capital in Khartoum and he he's the only member of my family who's crazy enough to start a commodities trading business in a volatile country but he uh when the fighting broke out it was all we we were all panicking but we just learned last night that he was able to drive out of Khartoum 
Um, and he is about 600 miles or so to go before he can make it safely to an airplane. But he was able to get out through the U.N. Uh, they were able to give him safe passage out of the capital. So where is he driving to? Do you know? No idea at the moment. Um, I don't even know if he knows where he's driving, but um, that's that's my cousin for you. <laughs> yeah, this is a question you might not be able to answer, but what possesses someone to become a commodities trader in Sudan? Because things weren't great there a year ago. They weren't good five years ago. I couldn't possibly begin to explain half of the the things that my cousin does, but, <laughs> I mean, he's he's the kind of guy that... We, I always used to joke that he was the guy, a kind of guy that farts rainbows. You know, he just, he's able to make things happen that are just so outlandish, but he makes it work. So that's, that's my cousin. Well, I'm glad he is out of Khartoum, at least safe. Let's hope he gets out of the country safe. Give us his number. Maybe we'll try to reach him during the news hour tomorrow to see how he's doing. Yeah, maybe that, that, maybe that can be arranged. We will, I'll let you know. All right, that would be great. WABC's Alex Barnard, thank you very much. 510. Bring it back home to New York. NYPD cops searching for two people who stole an SUV with a one-year-old baby boy and a 73-year-old woman inside in Parkchester. The driver of the SUV had left this vehicle running. Three passengers uh, inside. This is Olmsted Avenue and Union Port Road around midnight. Two men jumped in. Police say the men, realizing that they'd gotten into a car with people inside, forced everybody out. They ran over to this guy and said, hey, can we use our cell phone because we don't have one to call this uh, crime in. She saw me. She said, uh, can I borrow your phone? I said, what happened? She said, uh, my car with my baby and my mom, they were in the back seat. They took my uh, car with baby and my mom. So she said uh, start, uh, her phone was inside uh, the car. She don't have any phone. So uh, they want to borrow my phone and call 911. Yeah, so the police say the SUV found University Avenue. However, as of last night, they had not found the two men that were at the center of the car theft. 512, that wasn't the only car-related story over the weekend. A carjacking incident in Woodlawn, Brooklyn, caught on dash cam video with the victim Hoping to get his vehicle back, Chris Polagano says he was about to head to work when he discovered glass covering the parking space where he left his car. Now, interestingly enough, his father had parked behind him on the street and he has one of these dash cams that records 24-7. So there's great footage of this guy smashing the window, jumping into the car and driving away. Here, Paul describes what was inside his car. Listen to this closely. I mean, you know, sad that he's not going to probably get this stuff back. But this is what was inside Paul's car that was stolen. My work tools, I'm a plumber. I had all my channel locks and tools in my bag. I had my hard hat for my company. Okay, that would be a lot just there. I mean, I don't know who leaves their plumbing tools and their hard hat in their car on a street in Brooklyn, but okay. There's more. I had my softball equipment. I had a photo album. I had pool sticks, all my sports stuff. Okay, this is all just in his car. Uh, you know, I, I'd leave a pack of chewing gum at most. Play sports. Um, a lot of clothes. I had like five pairs of sneakers in there. Five pairs of sneakers. Okay, you following there? He's got his uh, tools. His hard hat, five pairs of sneakers. Uh, what else am I leaving? Oh, his baseball equipment. But there's more. Uh, a pair of cleats. Okay. And uh, my high school book bag. 
<laughs> that I probably never get back again. Yeah, okay. I mean, who leaves all that nonsense in their car? You start to wonder if it's even true. But Palgano says the card jacker left a paper trail using his credit card that was inside the car as well. Yeah, sure. Everything else was in there. Why not? The card jacker seen on surveillance video inside a deli. He says he wants his car back. Uh, not clear if that's actually going to happen. And uh, one more. Let's see. Is there more? Another one? No, there's no more of those uh, carjacking stories, thankfully. But let's hope some of these people get their car back. 514. Let's go to the national scene, the race for the White House. Lots of people either threatening to jump in or have jumped in. New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu so far hasn't jumped in, though it's rumored he might. He says Republicans want a winner in 2024. And he says if Donald Trump is the GOP nominee, they won't have a winner. We can complain about things or we can make sure that, you know, you can't govern if you don't win. Sununu calling former President Trump a loser. He says he added that he has the potential to become a four-time loser is the GOP nominee. Trump lost his bid, of course, for re-election. Sununu blames him for the Republicans losing the House in 2018 and the Senate in 2020. Sununu says Republicans would have 54 Senate seats if it had not been for Donald Trump. He has not just lost once. He lost us in uh, our House seats in 2018. He lost everything in 20. We should have 54 U.S. Senators right now. We don't because of his message. All right. He wasn't the only person complaining about Donald Trump and some of the other presidential candidates. We'll get into that as the morning mares on. But first, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. We say good morning. Happy Monday, Justin Ellis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Happy Monday. Thanks a lot for that, <laughs> yeah, Tom. No problem. Right. On the hard Sorry one. that I'm so cheerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. On the hard one here, the Knicks took care of business at home with a 102-93 game four win over the Cleveland Cavaliers to take a commanding 3-1 series lead. Jalen Brunson led the way with his 29 points with R.J. Barrett showing out as well with his 26 and Josh Hart doing his part in the starting lineup with 19. Brunson spoke after the game on the importance of not getting complacent here up 3-1. It's not over. Not even close to being over. Um, we have continue to just keep focusing on one day at a time. And um, there's nothing to celebrate. There's nothing to be truly happy about. So obviously, we'd be one tonight. We're one step closer. But we have to continue to, be, to have that same mindset mentality and um, that we have um, over the past couple of games. Wednesday night, the series moves back to Cleveland, where the Knicks will have a chance to put the Cavs away and move on to the next round. On the ice, the Islanders weren't able to build on their big Game 3 victory over the Carolina Hurricanes, losing Game 4 at home yesterday by a score of 5-2. to two. The loss pushes the Owls to the brink of elimination come tomorrow night's Game 5 with quite the hole to dig themselves out of. Currently down three games to one. Looking ahead to hockey action tonight. That's right, Devils at Rangers Game 4 at 7 p.m. Eastern Time at the Garden with the Rangers currently leading the series two games to one. And now to the Diamond, where both the Mets and Yankees took losses in their respective series finales yesterday. The Mets lost 5-4 to in San Francisco against the Giants to yield the series split, while the Yanks fell 5-1 to to the Toronto Blue Jays in the Bronx to officially suffer their first series loss of the year. The Bombers now jet off to Minnesota, where they'll meet the Twins tonight at 7.40 p.m. to get a three-game set underway. Johnny Brito will get the ball going up against Minnesota's Sonny Gray. As for the Mets, they'll enjoy an off day today before welcoming in the Washington Nationals tomorrow night for the first of three. Here with sports on 77 WABC, I'm Justin Ellick. Just getting started. Started on this Monday morning, we'll jump back into the race for the White House. Lots of the would-be candidates speaking out over the weekend. The mayor of Kansas City blaming us, the media, for the shooting of that 16-year-old black kid who knocked on the wrong door. And in Texas, the Ten Commandments might soon be in every single classroom. We'll get into those stories and more. But first, at 519, a check of Wall Street. Here's Lou Dobbs. 
This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. The Dow Jones Industrials broke its four-week winning streak. The S&P 500 up by a half of a percentage point, and the Nasdaq traded just a tenth of a percent higher yesterday. The worst weekly performance for the Dow and S&P in a month. But Procter & Gamble rising almost 3.5%, raising its sales forecast, beating targets as well. This week, big tech companies set to report their earnings. Also this week, the new CEO of the ride-sharing app known as Lyft, David begins his tenure by announcing layoffs up to 1,200 workers, just about a third of its workforce. The news sent shares of Lyft higher. There's a new so-called fear gauge set to debut this week, the CBOE's one-day volatility index for investors. It will track implied volatility using options contracts. The new product comes as trading in option contracts with one day or less until they expire has exploded. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs financial report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs financial report. 520 on this Monday morning. So let's jump back into the race for the White House because it's starting to heat up just a little bit for sure on the Republican side. You have former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, who's not doing much in the polls, but um, he was out over the weekend saying that he wasn't sure that he would sign a party loyalty oath to support the 2024 nominee. That's what the Republican Party is asking for if you want to take part in their debates. So here was Asa Hutchinson over the weekend. I don't prefer party loyalty oaths, but it's important to have uh, the competition. I want to participate in the debate. Yeah, I think his thing is if Donald Trump wins the nomination, he would probably not support him. The Republican National Committee has made signing that loyalty oath a requirement to take part in the debates. The first one is in Milwaukee this summer. So I'll see exactly what that pledge is, but I expect to be on the debate stage. So maybe in the end, he'll end up signing it. And then you have former Vice President Mike Pence still not committing to a 2024 presidential run. For a while, it looked like for sure he's running. Uh, now he says that he is leaning towards running. The challenges that we're facing in this economy with inflation at a 40-year high are going to require someone who has the ability to step in on day one. Uh, Pence was with a number of Republican candidates who were in Iowa this weekend for the Iowa Faith and Free Coalition hosting this uh, spring kickoff. Pence said he would make an announcement before late June if he plans to run. Anyone that would be serious about seeking the Republican nomination uh, would need to be in this contest uh, by June. I would tell you that I'm very humbled by the encouragement that we're receiving and uh uh, I promise when we have something to announce, you'll be among the first to know. Of course, the name everybody's been talking about since early part of this uh, election season, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis continues to be coy about a run for the president. But he has been speaking with a lot of high profile Republicans. One of them was Senator John Cornyn. I am interested in seeing that the best candidates run. Mr. DeSantis is uh, certainly in that category. Senior Senator from Texas not making an endorsement, but he says it's important to back some Someone who's a proven winner. Well, I've been in politics for quite a while, and I've learned an important lesson, and that is if you can't win an election, you can't govern. And then uh, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has kind of been sucked a little bit into this race. He says he's willing to meet with any American elected official who visits his country. So guess who's going to be in his country this week? Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. It's important for Israel's bipartisan support in the United States. I make a point of it. 
DeSantis is scheduled to be keynote speaker at an event in Jerusalem organized by the Museum of Tolerance. I meet with every American representative, governor, senator, members of Congress. Yeah, so the governor going to be in Israel this week. Uh, governor Christie says Republicans who are taking on Donald Trump need to take off their gloves now, start punching him hard, although just become what he says is a speed bump on his way to the GOP nomination. Why would anyone vote for Trump light when they could just vote for Trump? You know, that's like when new Coke came out. Man, I liked Coke. They say, here, try new cook. I know, I don't want to. Christie says he's thinking about mounting a White House run. He's making a lot of noise about it anyway. It's not like I'm leaning one way or the other. But things like this are coming up here and seeing the reaction that you get from, from voters in New Hampshire uh, is important because I think these folks have gotten to know me a bit over time. So their opinions mean more to me than maybe folks who don't know me quite as well. Christie says he'll make a decision about the 2024 race in just a matter of weeks. That all coming... As a majority of Americans apparently don't want either President Biden or President Trump to run for the White House in 2024. An NBC News poll finds 70 percent of those surveyed, including just over half of all Democrats, believe Biden should not run for a second term. Half of them cite Biden's age as a major factor. As for Trump, 60 percent of those polled, including a third of Republicans, think the former president should not run in 2024. The poll was taken just days before Biden's expected announcement for re-election. I'm Dina Kodiak. Yeah, that announcement from Biden is expected to come on Tuesday in the form of a video. WABC News Time 525. A Republican pro-life congresswoman says she supports the Supreme Court's ruling that'll keep the abortion pill Mifeprestone on the market. The ruling in Texas, in part at least, it used a law that the U.S. Supreme Court in 1983 said was unconstitutional. So the basis for his ruling, I argue, was debunked. South Carolina Congressman Nancy Mace there referring to that judge's decision as a, a hand-picked judge for a hand-picked case. Mace says someone can be both pro-life and pro-woman, and she says the two are not mutually exclusive. This was a hand-picked case with a hand-picked judge to get this outcome. They want exceptions for rape and incest. They want women to have access to birth control. These are all very common-sense positions that we can take and still be pro-life. WABC News Time 526. The mayor of Kansas City, Missouri, says a culture of fear and paranoia helped lead to the shooting of that black 16-year-old who knocked on the wrong door. And this was a man who, in his statement to the police, said, I was scared of this, in essence, large black person outside of his door. So the Democrat, he's a Democrat, Quentin Lucas, says politicians and the media are largely to blame for a culture where people uh, people immediately go for their guns. Lucas called the area where the shooting happened one of the safest neighborhoods in the city. Family members say Ralph Yarley is recovering after being shot in the head by that elderly white homeowner. This fetishization, I've said before, of guns. More stand your ground laws, more laws that say you should use your gun and have it absolutely everywhere. This was in the safest neighborhood of Kansas City, or one of our safest neighborhoods. We got a lot more to get to before we head out at six o'clock and leave you uh, sit and friends in the morning. Texas public school kids may soon be getting a lesson in the Bible, whether they like it or not. Some library workers taking to the streets here in the city yesterday as words of big cutbacks uh, come along. Uh, a tornado. Yes, it was a tornado that touched down in Sullivan County over the weekend. We'll hear from some of the people who lived through that. They say it was awfully 
frightening. And in Monmouth County, they're going to get rid of this tradition that's called senior assassin. Maybe when you were a kid in high school, you remember playing this game? It was called assassin. You would shoot people. I mean, you didn't really shoot them, but you'd find them alone. And if you did something to them, they'd be out of the game. And then one senior would win the entire game. We'll get into that story and more uh, uh, on the other side of this. WABC News Time is 529. The 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden on 77 WABC. Talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. This is the 77 WABC News Hour with Noah Layden. Yep, that's me, 531. Good morning. It is Monday, April 2nd. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. See a mix of sun and clouds today, high 61. Tonight, overnight, partly cloudy, low 45. Tuesday, sunshine, high 62. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 41 and partly cloudy up in Muncie in Rockland County. 44 in in Woodbridge, New Jersey, and is 45 and clear here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour right here in the Big Apple. Big protests yesterday on the part of library workers who have heard that there are big cutbacks coming their way. They're talking about what the ramifications of those cutbacks will be to the library system. The proposed cutbacks finally taking shape, and it looks like there's a possibility that the library could be closed over the weekend. It's part of this latest round of proposed cuts on the part of the mayor. He wants to strip the libraries. Apparently, this is according to the library officials, of $23 million, which means they say they wouldn't have the workers to keep libraries open over the weekend. Our libraries are one of the only year-round public spaces that are offered to the people here in New York City. We are in jeopardy of losing 78 positions at a time when we actually are desperately in need of increasing over 40 positions in order to staff some of the new libraries that are coming online. Earlier this month, Mayor Adams uh, called on all city agencies to cut another 4% from their budget. The justification for the round of cuts is the migrants that have come in and that cost the city so much more money. And so they have to find the money elsewhere. The White House apparently not going to pitch in like they said they might. So now it's falling on places like the library. And these library officials say, uh, you can't do it to us because it's not just about taking out a book like it was in the old days. It's about access to computers for lots of people. It's places a safe place for kids to study. And they say if you take away those weekend hours or any hours for that matter, the normal hours of operation is bad news. Studying at the library has actually improved my grades, and I'm not alone. It would be a shame to reverse course at this point and to have the libraries do less of what New Yorkers need. They are providing services that so many other agencies are not able to withstand. We cannot cut our libraries any further. Every city agency being told to tighten their belt. A library pushing back yesterday saying if they do, this could be pretty harmful towards New Yorkers. 534, let's go down to Texas. Texas public school kids may soon be getting a lesson in the Bible, whether or not they like it or not. State Senate there has given the thumbs up to a bill that would require the Ten Commandments be posted in every classroom starting in the fall. This would be a good, healthy step for Texas to bring back this tradition of recognizing America's religious heritage. 
The bill's author there, Republican Phil King, arguing the Bible is part of American heritage. Reminds students of the importance of a fundamental foundation of America and Texas law. Yeah, a separate bill, which is also going through the state Senate in te- Texas, would designate a specific time for students and employees to read the Bible or other religious texts and engage in prayer on school campuses. 535. Yesterday, Senator Schumer having one of his Sunday press conferences. Uh, you might agree that this is an important one. This is a trying to figure out a way to get people to stop using those second-rate lithium-ion batteries in their e-bikes that have caused so many fires over the last year. Alfonso Villa taking part in this press conference yesterday. He uh, was part of a fire in his queen's home last September that um, uh, ended up with his his daughter dying. His eight-year-old daughter passed away in this fire. And um, he says, this is real, and you shouldn't use second-rate batteries or chargers. Buy the real ones. We were sleeping when actually we woke up. The fire was all over. Batteries can kill your family in yeah. one second. Yeah, so he said it was important that he be there at this press conference yesterday to say, hey, if you're somebody with a second-rate battery or charger for your e-bike, trade it in. It's not worth the savings. The Those second-rate ones are cheaper, usually. Senator Schumer, Gillibrand, uh, Fire Commissioner Kavanaugh, all part of this press conference yesterday. They want to set consumer standards for lithium-ion batteries with an act that would make it so certain batteries couldn't be bought in the U.S. We cannot allow for faulty or improperly manufactured batteries to keep causing these dangerous, deadly fires. For first responders, these are incredibly dangerous fires. Just this year alone, as you've heard, we've had 63 fires and five deaths. We don't want to see that happen again. Without federal legislation, since so many of these batteries come from cross-state lines or made overseas or made in China, we will not have a complete and strong solution. According to the FDNY, there were 216 lithium-ion battery fires last year. That's up from 40 just in 2020. Just last month, City Council passing a series of bills to regulate the batteries. Delivery workers in the city who often use these e-bikes support the proposed legislation. And as I've told you in the past week or so, Uber is doing this program, so if you know somebody that is using a second-rate battery, you can get in contact with Uber, and they'll either give you a very low-priced battery or bike, or they'll let you trade in your bike for free for another safer e-bike with a first-rate battery. So if you know somebody that's doing that kind of e-bike delivery or has one of those things, absolutely have them get in contact with Uber. WABC News Time 539. There were some wild storms on Saturday night. Much needed rain. A tornado actually touched down in Sullivan County during that storm. In Roscoe, the National Weather Service concluded that winds were at 115 miles per hour, making it an EF2. Once the storm left and daylight appeared, Clay Banks uh, took up his drone to assess the damage on his farm. Uh, and he says a lot of buildings were knocked down, mature trees pulled out of the ground. It's definitely the craziest weather I've seen in probably like 15 years of a whole yard of trees just ripped up from the ground. It also sliced off the roof of an auto body shop in Roscoe. A hail stretched uh, all the way from South Jersey to Sullivan County. Residents in New York reporting ping pong sized balls of uh, hail hitting their cars and uh, doing some damage. But I talked to a bunch of friends today who were in the middle of the storm. 
uh, a few friends' cars got pretty much totaled because of all the hail damage. Yeah, so the good news here, no deaths or injuries. Utility crews were working through the weekend to repair down lines to get people their power back. 540, let's go out to Jersey City. A man shot and killed inside a Jersey City smoke shop early Sunday morning. Happened about uh, midnight at the All-Star Smoke Shop on Rose Avenue. The 23-year-old victim, his name's Khalil King. He's from North Carolina. Not clear what led to the shooting, but uh, he was found inside the smoke shop with a a gunshot wound. He was pronounced dead at the scene. Some neighbors heard the commotion. Then I started hearing people crying and, and uh, oh my God. And, uh, you know, like I heard, I think it was said that, oh, oh, where's my son? A lot of people heard the gunfire because the smoke shop's on the ground level of a residential building. It's actually also right next to a public school, public school number 20. One woman who lives down the block says the neighborhood is actually normally safe, but she worries about the violence happening at smoke shops, not just in New Jersey, but across the river in New York City as well. You don't want to see that in your neighborhood. You don't want to see people die for one, you know, and then, you know, a gun, you know, they talk about uh, gun violence and there's no reason for that. I don't care what happened. Police searching for the gunman, looking to learn more about a motive and the circumstances surrounding the shooting. Let's stay in New Jersey, 542. Go down to the Jersey Shore. Officials at a Monmouth County High School warning that the public about a senior tradition that could unintentionally become dangerous. Ocean Township High School has this annual tradition called Senior Assassin. I remember doing this in school as well. It's somewhat terrifying name for a rather simple game of water gun tag. The principal of the school speaking to uh, News 12. Kids will form teams, uh, teams of two typically, and the goal is to eliminate other teams. And the last team standing wins the game. So teenagers typically wear a mask. They hide in the bushes. They ambush other teams with water guns. But, of course, in the environment we're living in, the school's a little bit worried about this kind of activity happening on school grounds. So she's warning the community that this might not be the right game for high school at this time. I want them to have safe, fun activities. It's just that this has become increasingly more unsafe as a result of what's happening, not only here in Ocean Township, but around the nation. Yeah, it's kind of sad it's come to that. 543, let's bring it back into the city. The number of vehicles parked on the top deck of that parking garage that collapsed in lower Manhattan last Tuesday was apparently under the max allowed. Initially, we had thought maybe there was too many vehicles up there, but uh, Joe Esposito, who's with the Department of Buildings, says there were more than 40 SUVs on the top level, but that did, did not exceed the weight level. You could actually hold more than, than 40, some actually hold 50 some odd. Uh, so it was justified in having those up there. Yeah, so they're still trying to figure out exactly what took place here, why this parking garage pancaked onto itself Tuesday, killing the manager of the Ann Street Garage, the company that oversees the garage, oversees 17 others in the city, and inspectors checked them out but didn't find a reason to vacate any of them. Meanwhile, officials did not give a timeline but say it could be a while before the parking garage demolition process is complete because... It has been, for the most part, unsafe for people to go in there to pull these cars out. Some of them have been pulled out, and uh, as you might imagine, they've been crushed, so people have to go find new vehicles. Pretty similar in, in weight 
to the cars from the 50s, because those 50s cars were all heavy metal, a lot of plastic in the cars right now. And so uh, one of the interesting stories that's come out of this is right as these uh, electric vehicles and uh, the battery of these electric vehicles is very heavy, which makes these cars heavier than a gas run vehicle. So now the thought is they're looking into whether these uh, electric vehicles, uh, they when it comes to parking garages, need to be looked at more closely, whether they have to put them at a bottom level instead of on the top level. Um, but anyway, I did not know that, that the battery is so heavy that these uh, electric vehicles tend to be heavier than your gas-powered ones. So that's another thing they're looking into as they try to figure out what brought down this garage. All right, 545, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk and Justin Ellis. Thank you, Noam Layden. On the hardwood, the Knicks took care of business at home with a 102-93 Game 4 win over the Cleveland Cavaliers to take a commanding 3-1 series lead. Jalen Brunson led the way with his 29 points, with R.J. Barrett showing out as well with his 26, and Josh Hart doing his part in the starting five with 19. Brunson spoke after the game on the importance of not getting complacent, up 3-1. to one. It's not over. Not even close to being over. Um, we have continue to... Uh, just keep focusing on one day at a time. And um, there's nothing to celebrate. There's nothing to be truly happy about. So obviously, we be one tonight. We're one step closer. But we got to continue to be, have that same mindset mentality and, um, that we have um, over the past couple of games. Wednesday night, the series moves back to Cleveland, where the Knicks will have a chance to put the Cavs away and move on into the next round. On the ice, the Islanders were unable to build on their big Game 3 victory over the Carolina Hurricanes, losing Game 4 at home yesterday by a score of 5-2. to two. The loss pushes the Owls to the brink of elimination come tomorrow night's Game 5 with quite the hole to dig themselves out of. Currently down three games to one. Tonight, though, you got Devils and Rangers Game 4 to look forward to at the Garden. That's a 7 p.m. puck drop with the Rangers currently leading the series two games to one. And now to the Diamond, where both the Mets and Yankees took losses in their respective series finales yesterday. The Mets lost 5-4 to four in San Francisco against the Giants to yield a series split, while the Yankees fell 5-1 to one to the Toronto Blue Jays in the Bronx to officially suffer their first series loss of the year. The Bombers now jet off to Minnesota, where they'll meet the Twins tonight at 7.40 p.m. to get a three-game set underway. Johnny Brito will take the hill going up against Minnesota's Sonny Gray. As for the Mets, they'll enjoy an off day today before welcoming in the Washington Nationals tomorrow night for the first of three. Here with Sports on 77 WABC, I'm Justin Ellick. Let's catch you up on the biggest stories of the morning. The NYPD needs your help locating a woman that was kidnapped in the Gravesend section of Brooklyn early Friday. There's video of this man taking this woman, putting her over his shoulder and then getting into this van. He apparently approached her at the intersection of Avenue W and Stillwell Avenue. This was about two in the morning and then carried her into the minivan before driving away. I felt like something was wrong. Like she was like looking back and forth, looking behind her. That's a woman who uh, witnessed the uh, alleged kidnapping. She said this van was following this woman for a number of blocks. The woman kept looking back at the van. The vehicle described as a late model Toyota minivan, unknown registration, fled northbound Stillwell Avenue. He literally runs out of his car, picks her up by her feet, and throws her inside the car. And my girlfriend and me is running towards the car and telling him to stop. We're going to call the police. We was running towards the car like we was about to put ourselves into, like, into danger to save this girl. Police say the woman in her 20s, long hair, wearing a striped shirt, blue skirt, white sneakers. Neighbors say they're freaked out by the apparent kidnapping because they're worried he may do it again. And I hope y'all find the girl. Around here is getting crazy. That's why I'm trying to get out of here. It's not safe. It's bad. Stay, you know. 
So, you know, I feel sorry for him, but I hope she's alive. So far, police have little to go on, not really a firm description of the vehicle or this woman or whether she knew the person who had kidnapped her. Another car-related story over the weekend. Police searching for two men who stole an SUV with a one-year-old baby boy and a 73-year-old. This was in uh, in Parkchester, up in the Bronx. The driver of the SUV had left the vehicle running with three people in, on board on Olmsted Avenue. Around midnight, two men jumped inside. Police say they realized right away that there were other people in the car and let everybody out. She saw me. She said, uh, can I borrow your phone? Oh, so they uh, raced out of the car and they found this person who was waiting right there who had a phone. She saw me. She said, uh, can I borrow your phone? I said, what happened? She said, uh, my car with my baby and my mom, they were in the back seat. They took my uh, car with baby and my mom. So she said uh, start, uh, her phone was inside uh, the car. She don't have any phone. So... Uh, they want to borrow my phone and call 911. Yeah, so the good news here, everybody is okay. Uh, they found the SUV, University Hour, uh, Avenue, but as of late last night, NYPD had not found these two men. And a third car-related story, a uh, car stolen in Woodlawn. Uh, Chris Palgano says he was about to head to work when he discovered glass covering the parking space where he left his car. And just coincidentally, his father had parked his car behind his son and the dash cam on his car records 24-7. So there's good footage of this guy jumping into the car and pulling away. Here, Paul describes all the things that were stolen when his car was stolen. And as you listen to this, you'll wonder why anybody would leave all these things in their car or whether that's even true for that matter. My work tools, I'm a plumber. I had all my channel locks and tools in my bag. I had my hard hat for my company. I had my softball equipment. I had a photo album. I had pool sticks, all my sports stuff. It's a lot of stuff. I play sports. Um, a lot of clothes. I had like five pairs of sneakers in there. Uh, a pair of cleats. <laughs> and I, my high school book bag that I probably never get back again. Yeah, I mean, look, I feel bad for that guy, but who leaves all those things in their car? So far, uh, police have not found them. A nonprofit group has a budding business here in the city that delivers marijuana right to your doorstep. Housing Works Cannabis Company becoming the first licensed dispensary in December. It's now the first in the market to offer delivery service. So no longer do you have to wait in line. At uh, There's only a few uh, legal weed shops in the city, a lot that are not legal, but you don't have to wait in line. It's like uh, Grubhub or Uber Eats, it'll be delivered right to your door. You can get alcohol delivered to your door. You can get groceries delivered to your door. No reason you shouldn't be able to get cannabis delivered to your door, in my opinion. I think it's great. I mean, getting it delivered to you, I mean, I imagine for, you know, patients or customers who are maybe not as mobile, don't have as much time. Yeah, so uh, you have to be 21 or over to get this delivery service through their company's website. Deliveries uh, have an order minimum of 100 bucks. And right now are for Manhattan zip codes. So the company is now planning to expand to Brooklyn. So just in Manhattan, you can get this now. New York is all about getting what you want when you want it. And right now, that's the easiest way to get your cannabis. You don't have to wait online. Click a button and get it delivered straight to your house. But you get your delivery within about an hour. Yeah, okay. A substitute teacher at a Texas middle school under police investigation for allegedly encouraging fights in the classroom. I do not want this on record. 
I mean it. If I see your phone up, I will put it to the office. No, me. So a student recorded video on her phone last week, showed it to her mother who reported it to the police. The video shows the teacher telling a student to watch the door and then instructing the class that she does not want this on record. The teacher, whose identity is not released, immediately fired, uh, will not be rehired uh, for fighting, uh, starting what I guess is apparently a fight club of sorts in her classroom. I remember... Well, I shouldn't say the name of this teacher, even though it's a gazillion years ago. I remember walking into my biology class when I was about ninth or 10th grade, and my teacher was in there smoking weed, which I thought was just a great moment. A museum honoring the Borscht Belt in the Catskills, opening in the Hudson Valley. Mary Ann Grossinger's family operated one of those legendary resorts. I think it's well overdue, and I think it's a wonderful opportunity to carry on the entire Borscht Belt. The Borscht Belt Museum will be located 90 Canal Street in Ellenville. We'll honor the legendary hotels and resorts that featured many comics and entertainers back in the 50s and 60s. We'll feature artifacts, photographs, memorabilia through uh, interactive exhibits and displays set to open in 2025. About a dozen members of the New York City Burger Club have been on the hunt for the best burger for a decade now. The club formed back in 2013. They've sampled more than 100 burgers from the Bronx to Brooklyn, never at the same place twice. Fast food joints and diners were not part of this survey because they say they were not up to snuff. So, of course, you ask... Where did they find the best burgers? Now, if someone's tried a hundred of them from the Bronx to the Brooklyn, I sort of would trust their judgment. They say Suprema Provisions in Greenwich Village was probably the best burger they had ever eaten. They also say burgers at Peter Luger, Red Hook Tavern, and Lot 2 were among the most memorable, memorable, and you do okay eating there. One member particularly enjoyed the burgers at Molly's, which is an Irish pub in Gramercy Park. You can find them, by the way, if you want all the recommendations of their favorite burgers, it's called the NYCD Burger Club, and uh, they have an Instagram account. You can find them on there to see as they rate burgers and actually apparently you can also join them as they continue their hunt they say the never-ending hunt for the best burgers in the big apple we're about a minute away from the monday edition of sit and friends in the morning let's find out what's happening on the big show right now from justin ellis thank you know late in your monday edition we kick off a new week here sit and friends in the morning we're ready to go bottom of each hour you don't want to miss the 77 wabc clip of the day today featuring the cats round table with john katz matitis 9 40 this morning your monday edition of the peerless spoiler sits take trivia game in the way of guests 6:40 this morning dove hiking 705 curtis lewa in studio 7:40 a.m this morning rich lowry 805 a great joe takapina 825 we'll do some nuggets with gnome laden and 840 this morning charles gasparino we are ready to go gnome kicking off your week the right way with sid and friends in the morning sounds great uh, hold on for that uh, we're done on this five o'clock i will do it all over again tomorrow morning uh, tuesday we'll see you then don't go anywhere now sid and friends in the morning they are up next.